Hey everyone, welcome to Sifted HQ episode 19. Unfortunately, I am actually quarantined in our HQ for the intro and outro for this week. Just really busy. Don't have time to go set up a shot somewhere else. However, we do have a fun episode for you guys this week. My butt is getting in the kitchen to make something fun. Let's check it out. Welcome to Game Flip, where we renovate good games and make them great. Final Fantasy XV was lost in development for 10 years. Its title, director, and plot all changed during that decade, so the game has already undergone at least one renovation. But the contractors really did a bad job. We're stepping in to fix what's broken and make Final Fantasy XV everything it can be. One of the biggest fundamental issues is the say-not-show storytelling. This plot and world is deep with lore, but the game can't figure out the best means of explaining it. Just before you hit the opening scene, you're offered a tutorial that explains the world. This is not enough. We're going to work all the text-based plot lines into compelling side missions. Just providing a brush with the conflict between Niflheim and Lucian would add a lot of context to the rest of the game. It can't be any worse than the incessant fetch quests. Next, we're going to remake the combat. Currently, the only way to properly lock on is to hold a shoulder button. With this system, the camera gives us a wicked case of whiplash, so we're instituting a permanent lock-on by clicking the right stick. It's also absurd that you have to leave combat to heal. A permanent lock-on will help with that too. Yeah! One time! Sure thing! The hold to strike combat system is far too loosey-goosey for what the game asks of the player. It's sloppy, so we're installing a button press for each strike. This will also help with the phase mechanic eliminating huge damage in the middle of a combo. It will also allow you to switch weapons mid-combo to keep the combat from becoming so dull. Finally, we're already big fans of the magic system. By applying elemental effects to each incantation, we'll make it even better. Summons are one of the hallmarks of Final Fantasy, but how they're handled in Final Fantasy XV is mind-boggling. It's completely random, and they're never there when you need them. Instead, they appear as almost a prop to finish boss fights. Well, we're changing that. We're pretty keen on how they work in Final Fantasy VII Remake, so we'll go with that. We'll put them on a cooldown and just have them temporarily join the party. <laughs> Lastly, we're going to touch up some quality of life stuff. It's a long adventure, and some systems could use some streamlining. The quests and map are now in the same menu, allowing for more information to be available at once. Quest tracking is also going to be added to the screen, so you can plan your next bounty hunt. Final Fantasy is known for its absurdities, and the biggest one in this entry is having to camp to level up your party. What other game does this? We do like the camping, if only for the stat-boosting meals we cook but time party progression to it is ridiculous. It also deters objective completion because you're often too weak to complete the available missions. After we're done, you'll be able to level up your characters whenever you want. Riding in the car may be a poorly disguised loading screen, but at least you can play some tunes, right? Well, it's not that easy, honestly. Finding the song you want is a nightmare. We're installing a submenu and ditching the seek functionality. Our renovation is finished, and now Final Fantasy XV is worthy of the 10 years it spent in the oven. Time to find another game to flip.
I still have all my fingers and my hearing after July 4th, so I'm here to deliver the six biggest news stories in gaming for the week ending July 7th, 2020. I'm Shane Satterfield for Sifted News, and this is The Big Six. Ubisoft has been rocked over the last week by sexual assault allegations, and things just got way worse. 30 minutes of blurry Assassin's Creed Valhalla footage has leaked. We can't show you the gameplay here because Ubisoft has blocked it on YouTube, but it spread like wildfire across the internet over the holiday weekend. Certainly not an ideal way to debut your biggest product of 2020. Halo Infinite has also been the target of leaks this week. The manufacturer behind the building toy line Mega Constructs released promo images of its Halo Infinite line this week. The problem is that one of the characters has armor that spoils one of the major cliffhangers from Halo 5. Mattel has removed the images, but the damage has been done. The first two seasons of Westworld were great. The third season, not so much. Hopefully some of that magic transfers over to a brand new Fallout TV series that's coming from the creators of the show. Amazon has announced a project after it signed a five-year deal with the studio behind HBO's breakout hit. No writer's been announced, but the press release does state that Todd Howard from Bethesda will be working on the project. Loot boxes have been a continuing saga ever since they were introduced about five years ago. And finally, the UK government is taking action. The House of Lords Gambling Committee has issued its official report on the controversial practice and urged the UK to label loot boxes under the same legislation and regulation as gambling. It looks like the free lunch may be coming to an end for video game publishers. However, the Xbox Series X story is just beginning, and we got some new clues this week. Microsoft has officially announced the date for its first party blowout of its new console. It's happening July 23rd, 2020, and rumors have suggested that a new Perfect Dark game will be announced from the initiative. Microsoft just renewed the trademark for Fable, so hopes are high that we'll get a look at that as well. Hopes aren't quite as high for Generation 9 game pricing. This week, Take-Two announced that the next-gen versions of NBA 2K21 will retail for $70. It comes as quite a shock despite the last price increase coming 15 years ago at the launch of Xbox 360. Before you assume that it's just Take-Two being greedy, several publishers have sent out questionnaires to fans asking about the price increase. The lack of outrage from consumers has pretty much guaranteed that we're going to be paying $70 for video games from here on out. All right, that's it for the Big Six, the six biggest news stories in gaming for the week ending July 7th, 2020. I'm Shane Satterfield for Sifted News, and I'll see you next week. The industry slowed to a crawl for the July 4th holiday, but things are getting back in gear with a quartet of noteworthy debuts. We've got them all for you right here on Noobs. Twin stick shooters have been in a rut, but hashtag fun time is attempting to change that. Blast to the beat and color the battlefield to solve real-time puzzles in this innovative space shooter. With 8 different game modes, there should be more than enough fun times to go around when it launches for PC, Xbox One, and PS4 next Wednesday. Though this is not a new game announcement, the semi-popular RPG The World Ends With You is getting an anime. The plot follows Niku Sakuruba as he's sucked into a video game where he must fight for his life. The animation and art style will match the game, and it's due out sometime next year. Let's just be honest, this generation has sucked for tennis games. Both franchises have been major disappointments, but one of them is getting a sequel with Tennis World Tour 2. It has gone through many changes including a new developer and a new engine, but it now has double the amount of animations, new hitting and serving systems, and doubles play. Most of the major issues from its predecessor have been addressed, 
and it's due this fall for every major platform. The world of Cyberpunk 2077 is varied and elastic, but we did not expect an anime would be coming to Netflix. Cyberpunk Edgerunners is a long ways away in 2022, but it does take place in Night City. The plot follows a street kid as he becomes an edgerunner, a mercenary outlaw that comprises the majority of the game's cast. It's being handled by Studio Trigger, which is also known for the popular Kill a Kill series. Toss in CD Projekt Red as its producer, and it's probably in the right hands. I'm Shane Satterfield, and I'm making Pac-Man donuts in honor of the game's 40th anniversary. You honestly don't need much for this recipe. Cobble together two cups of flour, three tablespoons of sugar, a half teaspoon of salt, a quarter teaspoon of nutmeg, one egg, half a cup of milk, a third a stick of butter, and one packet of dried yeast. The yeast is the challenge though, because right now, it's pretty much sold out everywhere. Add the flour, nutmeg, sugar, and salt to a bowl. Whisk it up good and set it to the side. In another bowl, melt the butter and toss it in along with one egg, the milk, and the yeast. Give the mixture a good mix. Now, combine the two bowls together in a mixer or mix it by hand with a spatula. When it's done, it will be pretty sticky, but don't freak out. Here comes the crappy part. Add a tablespoon of oil to your work surface so it doesn't stick. Now you have to knead the dough, pulling and folding it over on itself for at least 10 minutes until it's like elastic. I told you it sucked. Now put the dough into a lightly greased bowl and cover it well with plastic wrap. Now let it sit for 90 minutes at room temperature. The dough will double in size. Before you move on to the next step, get your fryer ready. You can use a deep fryer like I have or just fill a pot with enough oil so that the donuts won't touch the bottom. The oil should be about 350 degrees. Now clean your work surface and put some flour on it. Grab your dough, toss it down and put some flour on top of it. Use a rolling pin until it's around a half inch thick. Now it's time to start cutting the shapes. We're making Pac-Man donuts, so we'll just use a glass for the main shape, and then we'll use a pizza cutter for his mouth. We're gonna accentuate the mouth a bit because these babies are gonna blow up. Now it's time to gently place them into the oil. Be careful you don't get splashed because it could really burn you. Let the donuts sit in the oil until they start to turn dark just above the oil line. Then flip them over and let the other side fry for about a minute. Take them out of the oil and let them sit on a paper towel to soak up excess oil. If you're like us, it will take a batch to get it just right. Our first batch was a little bit overdone. Unfortunately, there's no fixing donut dough's inability to maintain a shape when fried. Let them cool for one minute before eating. Some may want to create a glaze for their donuts and it's very easy. You can find recipes for that all over the internet, but this is Pac-Man, so we bought some yellow icing instead. Okay, so the donuts don't look so good, but they sure are delicious. Still nursing that July 4th hangover? Sit back, relax, and absorb all the games, albums, movies, and TV shows coming this week that'll make you feel a whole lot better. It's Turned Up Tuesday. Ghost of Tsushima is just a couple weeks away, but there's a trio of games that could hold you off until then. CrossCode is coming to consoles after launching for PC over two years ago. That's a huge gap, but this throwback to classic 16-bit RPGs is different. It incorporates twin-stick shooting elements to keep the action high. It also has Zelda-esque dungeons and a gripping sci-fi story. It's a massive game, so get started today on Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Deadly Premonition is one of those games that is so bad that it's good. 
Its unintentional comedy due to its low production values have made it a minor hit, but now there's a sequel coming and it won't be that easy. Deadly Premonition 2 A Blessing in Disguise follows FBI Special Agent York as he travels by foot or skateboard to get around the town. He's unorthodox, and that trickles down to his strange bowling meditations. It's a Switch exclusive for now, and it launches Friday. F1 2019 is our driving game of the year, and its sequel, F1 2020, is already pulling up to the starting grid. While new features can be a little tough to find, there are shorter racing seasons, split screen, two new race types, and new casual race option where you don't have to be a rocket scientist to keep your car on the road. Every platform but Switch will be ready to race when it releases on Friday. So you made it through your socially distanced cookout with our soundtrack from last week, and now we're going to send you into hyperdrive for the big summer kickoff. If you're looking for something with that kind of energy, you could do worse than purchasing NZCA Line's new album, Pure Luxury. The band really defies description, as it has elements of groups like Peter, Bjorn, and John mixed with almost goofy electronic fumblings. Did we mention that the singer sounds like Prince? The songs are high energy and catchy, so don't be surprised if you find yourself bopping along. On the flip side, Glass Animal's new album Dreamland will bring you back down from those crazy highs. It's titled appropriately as the downbeat tracks are accompanied by soaring affected vocals that blend seamlessly into its pacifying pastiche. It's deep without being opaque, and you can pick it up on Friday. Once upon a time, the Streets were one of the biggest indie bands in the world. Their mix of guitar rock with electronic backing and rap-inspired vocals provides a unique sound, but listeners burned out. The Streets is actually one guy, and he's releasing his first album in nine years on Friday. Called None of Us Are Getting Out of Here Alive, it features collaborations with Tame Impala and scores of other big artists. If you're one of those people who like a little bit of everything in their music, it could be your album of the year. Apple TV has been sitting on the sidelines during the pandemic, but that ends this week. Greyhound starring Tom Hanks was purchased for $70 million just to be released exclusively on Apple TV. This World War II drama is about a new commander of a U.S. naval destroyer caught in a conflict with Nazi warships. Hanks wrote the screenplay himself based off the novel The Good Shepherd, so we're going to get a look at his writing chops when it takes the high seas on Friday. Alright, that's it for Sifted HQ episode 19. Those donuts were delicious. Wish I could send you guys some so you could check them out, but they're very easy to make, and I highly recommend that you guys try to do it yourselves and experiment with some fun shapes. But anyway, thanks for watching. We'll see you next Tuesday with another episode.